Welcome to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast with Darren Mitchell. If you're a sales letter looking to take your leadership to a whole new level, then this is the podcast for you. We'll be exploring tips, techniques, and strategies to help you take your leadership to the exceptional level and allow you to enjoy more money, more meaning, and better sales results. G'day, welcome back. Darren Mitchell here, and you're listening to another episode of the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast on this Tuesday, the 22nd of February 2022. Trust you've had a great start to your working week, and in today's episode, I wanted to talk about a topic that is very front of mind, particularly with sales leaders, and it's a topic that comes up quite often, and I've been around sales and sales leadership now for over 20 years and it's really intriguing having conversations with sales leaders, but also sales people who have aspirations to become sales leaders, that this sort of topic is a very interesting one, and it comes up time and time again. And I want to talk about where is your team's focus, and what are the key things we should be looking at and focusing on as a sales leader to extract the most potential out of our team and give ourselves every opportunity of our team, driving those results that become sustainable and replicable. Now, I'll start this by saying that sales leadership, just like leadership, is not for everybody. It comes with great responsibility. It comes with great complexity, great ambiguity, but it also comes with great challenges and also massive opportunity. Now, what tends to happen in most organizations, particularly in a sales organization, is the natural, I guess, evolution or natural progression of a salesperson is to become a sales manager. It's just a natural, I guess, career progression. And so many people don't necessarily learn the finer points of sales leadership because the skill set required to be a great sales leader are completely different to being a great salesperson. And unfortunately, a lot of people don't find it easy to make that transition. They don't have either the support, they don't have the blueprint, they don't have the process flow, uh, or sometimes they don't have the aptitude to make a successful transition because many salespeople are ended up in sales leadership roles because they're a great salesperson and they continue to be that great salesperson when they're in the sales leadership role, which in many cases starts to disintermediate their team because they start closing all the deals because they just love to be part of the part of the hunt and closing the deals and being in the center of attention, which is not what sales leadership is all about. Now, the thing to re- realize with all of this is we are all products whether in sales or not, we are all products of our environment, which often results, as I've already said, that salespeople be promoted into a leadership role, and the only model they have to follow is their original sales manager or the other sales managers within the business and what they've seen in the environment that they've operated in. So they don't necessarily see anything different, so they just follow, and I don't use this word lightly, they follow the herd in terms of their, their approach. And a lot of them are doing it with the best of intentions. And so with this, what often happens, and unfortunately this still happens today, the focus is on the hard and tangible KPIs because these are easy to measure and they're very, very, uh, well, they're at con- people's conscious awareness. What is the monthly sales quota? What are the number of emails you have to send per day, per week? What are the number of calls you have to make? What are the number of presentations you have to make or conversion conversations you need to have so that you can be quote-unquote successful? And this often becomes very inward and very self-focused. So what happens is the behavior within the team ends up being quite a push-type mentality where we're pushing products, we're pushing <laughs> we're pushing features and benefits, we're pushing services, we're pushing for closure to a deadline. And I've often talked also about the fact that the sales deadlines 
I know that companies have to report to the marketplace and I get all that, but I've always maintained that the the end of month quota or the end of financial year quota, it's a, it's a fake it's a fake timeline because customers will still purchase the day after and you'll still get the results. So the pressure therefore that's placed on salespeople and the sales leaders to push the salespeople to get the results is extraordinary. So in today's episode, I wanted to ask the question and get you to start thinking about where is your team's focus? Which, based on that presupposition of where is your team focusing, where is your focus? So where are you focusing right now? Now, I remember years ago when I was still uh, working at the big Telstra, I uh, doing some work with the sales teams in helping them with their account plans, but also their, I guess, their account planning strategies. And part of that was looking at their strategies for different opportunities that were going to the marketplace. And even back then, this is back in 2014, 2015, the the number of account teams that were conditioned, if you like, to focus on the features and benefits of the products and services that Telstra would provide uh, was unbelievable. And the proposals were riddled, therefore, with what I call self-gratifying statements. I've got, we've got the best product. We have the best service. We've got the best network, the biggest network, the best this, the best price. All about the company and not much about the customer. And it was really interesting to look at proposals and particularly the executive summaries in those proposals and, and specifically tender responses where the executive summary would have the word Telstra riddled throughout that executive summary. Probably, I wouldn't be underestimating this, probably a factor of five to one compared to the mention of the company or the customer's name. And it just indicated where the team's focus was. And look, it's not, I don't, I don't necessarily think that it's the salesperson's fault. This is the environment that the teams are operating in, and often it's uh, it's like it's almost like the blind leading the blind because they don't know anything different, and they're fed. And I often say this to organisations: they they get fed the internal Kool Aid of the organisation. And working at Telstra for about six and a half years, that was so so prevalent within the organisation to the point where there was an internal language that people at Telstra would utilize, which is all good. Telstra is a very reputable organization. I'm a shareholder of Telstra, great products, great services. But when it comes to selling, it wasn't about Telstra and should never have been about Telstra. However, that was the thought process and therefore that's where most of the focus of the sales teams were because that's where the focus of the sales leader was. Now, this sort of stuff, this sort of focus on uh, best price, best network, best product, that may actually work in a highly transactional environment, which sees customers purchasing based on uh, product features, benefits, and price, but it's significantly less effective in more strategic and more complex environments. And yet, sales leaders continue to drive this transactional behavior and their focus. So part of this episode is I want to reinforce what a golden rule of sales is, and I've always lived by this, and I recorded a podcast about this probably about six months ago, and it bears repeating again because it's such an important golden rule. And this golden rule is that your customer does not want your product. They could not care less about your product. So why do we? Now, that might sound counterintuitive because you might be sitting there in a sales role and thinking, well, we do have a fantastic product and it is a market-leading product. Well, whoopie doo da. Guess what? Your customer doesn't care. And I can count on one hand over the last 20 years, the number of customers have sp- who have specifically purchased a product or a service because they actually loved the product or the service. They don't do that. What do customers want? They want a solution to a problem that they already have identified or that is being perceived or through the conversation that we have with them as a sales team 
that they actually identify that they have a problem that they didn't necessarily know they had before we actually started speaking to them. So why do salespeople continue to focus on the product, the service, hoping that this will result in a closed deal? It makes the sales process even more complicated than it needs to be. And then when the results come in that are not what we expected or not what our senior leaders expected, we then have to start to explain as to why we didn't close the deal because everybody within the organization believes to their core that we have the best product and the best service. Now, you can take any organization on the planet and you can ask them how good their product is and they will hand on heart tell you that they believe they have the best product in the marketplace. And that is great because you do have to have belief in your product. So one of the things I'm not saying today is we're not saying we're going out there selling an inferior product. You've got to have a high level of belief in the offerings that you have, in the service that you provide and the products that you sell but you do not lead with the product or the service. We've got to start leading with something different, and this is where we need to start to change our focus as sales leaders, but certainly help encourage our sales teams to change the focus they have when it comes to selling. And I can guarantee you when this this switches, when this changes, selling becomes significantly, significantly easier, and the results start to be exponential. And this really is when the game of sales becomes that much more exciting, more thrilling, and more fulfilling. So as a sales leader, where should we be getting our team, therefore, to focus their attention that will have the biggest bang for buck and stack the odds in their favor to get really, really positive outcomes, but also start to build some sales momentum, which we know that once momentum is actually built, it's very, very difficult to stop it. Now, this is by no means an exhaustive list. It's just something that I've been thinking about and uh, following my own experience, but also working with sales teams, but also talking with sales leaders who I believe are really successful in the industry. So there are six ideas, six things to think about, and uh, you might want to add to these, but at least if you can actually take on board and consider these six things, it will help you not only uh, change the way we're focusing our sales people's attention, but also when it comes to the conversations you're having with your sales teams and driving disciplines around sales, you'll also find the conversation becomes a lot more uh, fruitful. They will become deeper, and you'll probably find that through those conversations, the relationships you develop, not only with your sales team, but by default through your sales team with your customers, because of the areas of this, this focus, your relationships with these customers will become deeper. And with that relationship founded in a bedrock of trust, guess what? Uh, there's gonna be a high probability of more profitable business you're probably going to be less likely to be competing on price because your customers are now looking at you as your as their strategic partner, as their strategic advisor, because there is that trust there. And that's going to give you longevity and sustainability, which is exactly what we want, particularly in more complex business-to-business sales. So the first thing to think about is what is the core problem or challenge that the market experiences? Now, This might sound like an obvious question, but it's amazing how many people just gloss over this. They want to get straight to the product and the service and talk about the features. We've got to really get honed in on the marketplace that we are operating in. What is one of the core problems or challenges that marketplace experiences? Get really, really clear on this and how big is this problem? You've got to be able to quantify it because if there's not a big problem that needs to be solved, guess what? Nobody's going to need your product, nor are they going to want your product. So what is the core problem or challenge that the market experiences? The second question is, okay, does your customer or your potential customer, do they experience this challenge or this problem? And if they do, how big of a challenge is it? How big is that problem and how badly do they need to solve that particular problem? Now, you'll get a theme here that sales is actually not about pushing a product or a service. Sales is literally 
problem solving. So if we can do this really, really well, you're going to have customers falling over you to want a solution to their problem or their perceived problem they think they have. The third point is around this problem. Now, if you've done the first two parts really well, identify that there's a problem in the marketplace and articulate it or identify that there's a problem that your customer experiences, this is where the rubber really hits the road because if you can, as the salesperson or the sales leader, if you can articulate this problem in such a way that really resonates with that particular prospective customer to the point where you're articulating this better than they can, then what's going to happen is they will unconsciously allocate and attribute to you as to having a solution to that problem because you're now starting to be seen as an expert in problem solving in this area. And if you can do that, then it stands to reason because the underlying presupposition there that if you can articulate this problem, then you must have a solution to the problem because this is, I'm probably not the only customer who's experiencing this problem. And so if you can then ask point four, ask challenging questions of the customer about this problem, how bad this problem is, what are the consequences if they don't solve this problem, what are the consequences if they do solve this problem, what's the benefits of those solving their problem, really get them to specify and get into the nitty gritty about this because what we're essentially trying to do is build up and magnify the problem to the point where they have to take action because the pain is going to be so big they just have to take action. So what we're doing through this process is we are qualifying them to see whether this is an organization that we would like to work with, that we would like to help, which is a completely different psychological approach to most salespeople because most salespeople are trying to influence or convince the customer to do business with us. This is flipping it completely around because we have a choice. Because if your belief that your product is that good, and we don't have to tell them that that's, that's good, but if your belief is your product or service is that good, then you should be able to have confidence to go into the marketplace, have these conversations and really drill into the problems that the, that the customer's having, and then make a choice. Okay, do I want to work with this organization? Do they qualify for the product because we don't just work with anybody. We have to work with very specific people. Therefore, we get to choose. Now, it's a completely different psychological approach, which means that the customer, funny thing will happen, the customer is going to want your product even more when you kind of keep it away from them. So the, the point of asking these sort of questions and asking challenging questions is, do they qualify for us to work with them? Now, if they do, and you can make that determination, then point number five is you communicate the solution, but only communicate that solution when they qualify and keep it really simple. Less is more, which means we don't give them the full, the full-blown presentation on all the bells and whistles of the, of the product or the service. We basically just give them the solution to the problem that they've identified and the elements of our solution that will directly pinpoint and solve the problem they're looking for. If there's other stuff that they'll get by doing business with us, for example, other product features and benefits, you know what? If it's not relevant up front in that conversation, then don't share it. Then it becomes just a bonus when they actually do business with you and they find out those bonuses down the track, then it's only going to enhance your reputation because you're not flogging the product. You're simply providing a solution to a problem. And then point number six, if you do all of this really well, then a natural consequence of this, if there's going to be a match between them and you and you make a decision to want to work with them, then doing business and closing a deal will be a simple natural consequence. So 
The key to this is we've got to understand where our current focus is as a team and specifically as a sales leader because the sales leader is the one that's driving the behavior. So if if as a sales leader right now, you are focusing so heavily on the sales quota, the number of calls they're making, the number of presentations they're making, if you're having to look at their diary to see how many appointments they've got, then please stop. Change your conversation, change your psychology, change your thinking and start thinking about, okay, what are the problems I've got to be solving? Because if you can become a fantastic problem solver, then amazing things are going to happen and just watch what's going to happen to your results because I can guarantee you they will exponentially improve. So uh, take on board those six key areas. There might be others that you want to add to that, which is fine, but I reckon those key six areas will do wonders for your team's focus and it will completely change the complexity of the relationships you've got. And it just might mean the sales process becomes just that little bit easier and you'll start to see some business roll in the door a little bit quicker than perhaps you have been in the past. So I trust that message helps, trust that message resonates. If you'd like some help with this, love to have a conversation. And if you're committed to taking your leadership to an exceptional level, also love to work with you one-on-one and help you do just that. For example, we can work through these six points and really help you instill that as a, as a key discipline for your sales team to fast track your results and help you become that exceptional sales leader in a really, really quick period of time. So to do that, you know the drill. Go to my calendar at leadwithdarren.com. Pick a time that suits. We'll jump on Zoom, have a conversation. Let's put a plan together and let's get started to work together as early as this week. So I very much look forward to that. Got a couple of spaces opening up the back end of this week. So if you're up for that and want to invest in yourself, love to have that conversation and help you become that exceptional sales leader in next to no time. So with that, uh, enjoy the rest of your Tuesday and I look forward to sharing with you on the very next episode of the Exceptional Sales Leader Podcast. All the best. Thank you for listening to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. I trust the information in this episode has been helpful in your journey towards becoming exceptional. And remember, please take the time to rate the show, subscribe to the show so other people can find it. But also, if I can help you, jump on my calendar, go to leadwithdarren.com and let's have a conversation about how I can help you along your journey to being exceptional.